Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to the 3-0 Show, part of the Athletic Baseball Show. It is Tuesday evening, October 18th. Derek Van Riper here with Eno Saris. We are recording this episode because we finally know the true outcome of the last ALDS series. The Yankees just eliminated the Cleveland Guardians in Game 5. I jokingly sent Eno a Slack message when Giancarlo Stanton hit a three-run homer in the first inning saying, it's over, that'll do it. And it was about a half kidding, I think, when I sent it. There were a couple instances where it looked like the Guardians were were threatening. Bases loaded, I believe that was in the third inning, where one swing could have actually made it a game again. But it really never felt like Cleveland was within arm's reach of taking game five, even though they forced the series to its max. Yeah, I guess uh, there's two uh, things, entities to thank. Uh, one is Aaron Judge, who now has four home runs in winner-take-all postseason games. That's the most in MLB history. So that speaks to some of this narrative that he's not clutch. Uh, that seems it's important to homer in games where you need to homer. Uh, that's from at New York Yankee Stats. Um, the other one, I think you have to thank the rain. Yeah, I mean, it was Nestor Cortez. Yeah. So that makes a pretty big difference. Nestor Cortez over Jameson Tyone. Now, it makes a difference in this series... But in the grander scheme of the postseason, they're still going to need a Jameson Tyon start in order to win it all, right? I mean, I I think Jameson Tyon's starting game one. This is, uh, you know, how I've seen it drawn up. Uh, And if that is the case, and we are swim moving right into preview mode, am am I right? Sure. Well... There are no rules. One last thing about the the, the series. I am not mad at the Guardians offense, even though it doesn't score a lot of runs. One thing that I like about it is it's trying to do something different. So by making a ton of contact and not much powerful contact, that is trying to do something different. I think baseball is at its best when there are teams trying to win in different formats. I don't want every team to that's trying to win to have six foot six dudes that throw 105 and hit the ball 120 you know what i mean like i don't want every team to look like the yankees um and so and even the yankees themselves this year decided to try things a little bit differently adding defense with isaiah and for that for john josh donaldson and jose trevino behind the plate so you know, I think they made some different choices this year uh, with regards to kind of making sure they had a great defensive team or a better defensive team. Uh, and I think that the Guardians had a great season. And I just hope 
that they add a little bit to it going forward. They spend a little bit of money, add to this core, they've done something good. It's just frustrating to see them putting up $60 million, $70 million payrolls every year. Right. Well, they are in Oakland East, as I have called them before, because I've taken to what other people on Twitter have started calling Cleveland. I think it's appropriate. You have a lot of success in the regular season. You go to the playoffs a lot. You do really well in player development. And as we know, even teams that spend a lot more can have difficulty advancing in this format. It's just a, it's hard to win multiple series in October. It just is. I did some research that found that you know the true talent of a team. You know how good a team really is after 60 games. I am, some some took to Twitter saying, you want 60 game series in the postseason? That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I value the regular season and I value the regular season that the Guardians had. I value their division win. I think that they were a good team. I don't even think that the regular season told us that they were a better team than the Yankees. So this series came out that way. It came out the way you might expect. But at the same time, uh, I don't expect every five, seven, whatever game series uh, to tell us who the best team is necessarily. No, and this is sort of beating around the bush with what happened to the Dodgers and all the criticism they have been receiving for the last 72 hours or so now. And I looked, Baseball Reference has this pretty interesting visualization on on team pages where you can see the entire season win, win bars and loss bars next to each other. So you could very easily just look across at any team and see how often they lose three out of five games. And even a team like the Dodgers that won 111 games in the regular season, I think had nine instances I counted where they lost three out of five. That just happens. It's just part of the math, right? You win 68% of the time, you lose 32% of the time. Sometimes the losses come in little bunches where it happens to be three out of five. I've been told October is different. Oh, is it? Well, I mean, it is literally a different month, but... I mean, it's colder. <laughs> you can get pumpkin spiced everything in October. That was That's meant different. to invalidate the fact that this is a surprising fact for me. The Padres... Uh, had a losing record against the Rockies this year and were swept by the Rockies in the series. I would never, never now nor then have uh, told you that the Rockies were a superior team to the Padres. No, of course not. <laughs> but uh, but I also don't... Uh, see, I'm, I, I am the king of waffles, so I am trying to walk a line here. I enjoy the postseason. I think that upsets are a feature. Um, I just... I want to do two things at once. And I, I said something on Twitter, which upset a lot of people. I was called a sissy. All sorts of bad words were Jeez. thrown in my direction. Um, in, in soccer, in the premiership, that you award the premiership title to the team that wins the most games in the regular season. And then you have a cup. You have a tourney. You have an extra sort of playoffs. And that's a separate entity. That's how I see it. Honestly, I see the World Series champion as the champion of the playoffs and the playoffs as a tournament. And it's almost like we have the NCAA tournament for baseball at the end of the season and there's a World Series champion. And I see the World Series champion sometimes is the best team in baseball, but not by definition. Yell at me for that if you wish. I don't think it's worth yelling about. I don't think there's a whole <laughs> lot there to, to really push back again. Ah, uh, no. The way baseball October is. is when 
the iron is forged and only true competition comes out and 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 camaraderie is formed and and from this cauldron of camaraderie comes the real test of your metal as a man and therefore the teams that come through they are the true men and they are the champions yeah okay that's uh, <laughs> certainly one way of, of looking at things i mean sorry sorry no i think i'm making fun of what a lot of people believe and uh i just i'm sorry i just don't believe it that will lead to more tweets being hurled in yes. your direction so you know congratulations on uh, being Whoops. the tweet magnet again that can I remove? It can be like a sarcasm filter, and then people think that I'm actually t- I'm saying saying these things for real. <laughs> yes, you're right. The cauldron. <laughs> oh. oh, I've really stepped in it now. Well, we'll we'll probably give a, a more formal goodbye to the Cleveland Guardians on a future episode of this podcast. But I do think, while I agree with you that I want teams to try different things, I want some teams to be more aggressive in how they try to steal bases. I want some teams to care more about defense than others. I think that's good. I think they know some of their flaws. I think they understand that this is not ideal either. This is different, but it's not the optimized kind of different that you want. I think a lot of what they're going to do is going to be relying on young players. I don't think they're going to go oh, okay. and spend money in free they're agency. They're hoping that they add... I, I, I agree on that a little bit. They, they give weighted bats to guys. Like They gave weighted bats to Team Kwan, who had below average bat speed, and now he has average bat speed. And I think that they're hoping, hey, we take a lot of guys who have great contact, we give them all weighted bats, and some of them turn out to Jose Ramirez, right? Stephen Kwan is not quite Jose Ramirez. So maybe they run that uh, lotto machine a couple more times and they get another Jose Ramirez. That would be kind of what they need. Uh, maybe and I and maybe they have one. Oscar Gonzalez. I, I, the way I look at him is is right on the precipice. Could go either way. Could be a guy with just average power who's just an average player. He's also a guy they DFA'd. So uh, you know, there's uh, it really could go either way. But um, but but you know, going forward. The, the Yankees are running into a total juggernaut in Houston. Uh, I just, I see Houston as having an advantage in most phases of the game. You have to choose your narrative right now. Do the extra days off that the Astros have help them or hurt them? Because apparently it can do both. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I think it helps in this situation because it helps them reset their rotation. They are going to go with their rotation one, two, three. The Yankees are going to come in tired with their fourth best starter. Uh, that puts them most likely down one nothing uh, in, in the first game. And then, then, then you get the Cy Young winner. <laughs> and uh, as I mentioned in my preview, the Astros, um, it's amazing. So they got to the World Series last year. And you know who their foundational pitchers were in the World Series? Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy. They were two of their most foundational pitchers. Javier was supposed to be their ace in the bullpen, right? Those guys combined for 10 runs and 15 innings in the World Series. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It didn't turn out great. They looked tired. Well, guess what those three are now? It's like a middle relief? That's what we saw in the game that never wanted to end uh, game three in Seattle was that you're, you're sitting there watching this. You're thinking Houston's got four or five more guys that are good pitchers that they can get length from if they have to. Like it, it in, in a war of attrition with pitching, Houston might be the last team standing right now. 
just in terms of, of length and in terms of short reliever quality as well. Like they've got they've got both. Most teams have one of those things in spades this time of year, but they have both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Luis Garcia in that five innings, six strikeouts, no walks, two hits, you know, clutch performance that basically won that game for the Astros. Uh, he had the best stuff plus the best stuff of his season. And that, I think, is so huge because you're going to get well-rested uh, Garcia, well-rested Urquidy, and Javier being deployed at the exact right moment where his command is uh, maybe not as important. You know, maybe they find the right places. Because if you put Javier in with Presley, Stanek, Montero, I think you've got a pretty disastrous foursome there. That's better than the best foursome that the Yankees can put forward. Even in this clinching game, they did go to Clay Holmes, but they were talking about not using Clay Holmes as much, and they were talking about not using him back-to-back. Uh, maybe the rain is the only reason Clay Holmes was able to pitch in this game. Um, and so, you know, if you can't use Clay Holmes, maybe you can't use Ryan Presley uh, as much, but you can probably use Ryan Presley back-to-back. Uh, so they're at a disadvantage even when you're comparing the best two relievers. And then... The Astros just have more depth. And depth is a weird thing. You'd think it doesn't matter uh, in, in, in October, but it does. What happens if the game goes long? What happens if you take your starter out in the third? Oh, I'm sorry. I've got Luis Garcia. I think that's where, when you look at these two teams, in the regular season, the Yankees had the slightly better offense by WRC+. We're talking about a margin, I think, of two points in WRC+. Tiny. They strike out less than the Yankees, and a lot of what the Yankees did collectively came from Aaron Judge. So this goes back to something I said going into the ALDS matchup. If you have a good game plan, either for the hitters in front of Judge, so when he's up, he's hitting with the bases empty, or you have something for Judge himself that's a little bit different, you can bring the Yankees from top five offense to maybe like a top 10 or top 12 offense. And I think Houston has the type of pitching to do that. I think Houston's edge in pitching right now, especially with all the injuries the Yankees have, have accumulated, is bigger than it or any any sort of gap between these teams offensively. Whatever difference there could be between them offensively, it's erased and then some by the difference in the quality of the pitching that the Astros have. I think so. The Astros make more contact um, and the, the Yankees make less contact, but the, a little bit more powerful contact, you know, hit more homers. Uh, but the difference is not like it's not like the Astros are like the Guardians. They're, they make powerful contact too. They hit home runs too, you know. Uh, and and in fact, uh, I looked at uh, historical beginnings to careers: fifteen hundred plate appearances to start their career under thirty years old. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is the fifteenth best start to a career ever uh, in the history of baseball. So we're talking about a, a future Hall of Famer if he keeps it up. Aaron Judge is sixteenth. So if you want to say they've got Aaron Judge, well, you say the Astros got Jordan Alvarez, you know, uh, if you want to say they've got Giancarlo Stanton, then you say, well, the Astros may not have exactly Giancarlo Stanton, but they have Alex Bregman, Jeremy Payne, you know, they've got a little bit of depth uh, that can make up for not having that exact same player. I think that's where that's to me. If you said, how would I grade the two lineups next to each other? I would give the Astros an edge even in that area, because I think the guys behind Jordan are better than the guys immediately behind Aaron Judge. 
And I, I like Altuve and Bregman and Tucker yeah. more than I like Stanton and Rizzo uh, and Donaldson and that that kind of cluster. And, of let's say Stanton right is hot. I mean, he just hit a laser uh, in this in this in this game. And let's say Stanton is more Stanton, right? Maybe. May, I don't think so. I think you still take Tucker over, but maybe that's a, a wash. But you're right. Once you get past that, we've seen this Yankees lineup in the season go through periods of of fallowness where they've had trouble, you know, scoring runs. We've seen Josh Donaldson look pretty bad. We've seen Oswaldo Caprera miss a lot of uh, pitches. He's he, he doesn't make a ton of contact. Isaiah kind of for makes contact, but you know, not much power. So there are you know, guys you can pitch to in this Yankees lineup, the Astros lineup, um, you really, uh, you're hoping to pitch to, you know, the catcher uh, and the center fielder. Yeah, Chaz McCormick and Martin Maldonado. Those are your weaker spots. I guess the version of Yuli Gurriel we've seen this year, also someone you're not as fearful of is versions past but, but it, the top five top six he also not really he also hit there. hit a tank you know and and kind of could be getting right you know like uh if yuli gariel is getting is getting right like john carlos stanton is getting right you know you're talking about a deep lineup versus a top heavy lineup so you know i think uh i think like that's what i'm saying i think in all phases of the game you kind of pick the astros i'm not saying it's not close you know th- these are well-matched teams it could go six or seven but there's, you know, if I'm comparing these teams, what about defense? Am I getting defense wrong? I think defensively, it's also very close. I think if you prefer outs above average, the Astros have a slight edge there. If you like defensive runs saved, I think it goes the other direction. It actually mm. favors the Yankees by quite a bit. So which defensive metric do you care about most? Or do you focus on certain positions or do you focus on personnel and being able to move guys in and out defense i still kind of close my eyes like i just close your eyes and think like jeremy pena or isaiah kind of if it is isaiah kind of if it's cabrera i take pena you know what i right. mean uh center field chaz i don't know yeah maybe chaz gets the edge there third yankees bregman's pretty good though i guess yankees Donaldson, he's still strong defensively. Uh, corner, corner outfield. Man. Astros. Yeah, Tucker Judge. It is, it is reasonably close yeah, defensively close. for these two teams. I would you, say you it's, can, that might be the one part where it's I don't know, pick them. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search the Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. The issue that you you outlined up top, I think, is is worth a little more exploration. So, given that the Yankees are are a little bit on their back foot just in terms of the order of their rotation, what needs to go right, or how can they work through that and find a way to not fall behind in the series? What's it going to take? What's the script? If they punch Verlander in the mouth like the Mariners did, 
and hold on. That's that's an easy one because then they win one where they go tie on against Verlander and nobody really expects them to. Right. That's that shifts things a little bit, not only in terms of tone and momentum. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. I'm just pooping all, all these long term, long held concepts. I just mean in terms of who you used and what you expected out of them. Right? We use tie on. We were like, ah, you know, they used Rest Merlin. They're like, we're going to win. You know? So once you take, it's almost like uh, uh, in chess, like trading, like we just like, like winning a tie on game is like trading a pawn for a queen or something. It's not quite that bad, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah, clearly we're not um, masters of chess, yeah, but right. I, you know, that's probably too big of a difference, but you know what I mean? It's, it's little, like you're, big. you're, you're taking out. Justin Verlander, and you just use Tyon, then you get to use Cole against somebody else, right? They get swapping like a knight for a rook, maybe? Something like that. Anyway. Making but, it worse. But, but here you go. Now you come in with Cole, and with Cole versus McCullers or or Fromber, you might take Cole. And then it could be 2 0 Yankees. You take Cole. Right? Okay. Garrett Cole against. Any one of the Astros starters is no worse than a push. I I think actually just Verlander. I would take Cole over Fromber and and McCullers. And even at this stage of their respective careers, I think I'd still take Cole over Verlander. That's 1-1 in the series, right? Uh, You you lose Verlander, you win Cole. So it's 1-1 and you go back to New York. I don't know. I think it goes six or seven. Oh, I think it's going six for sure. At least six. I'd... I'd be stunned if if the Astros or the Yankees came away with a sweep or a quick win. That just doesn't that doesn't seem at all like what we're we're headed toward. Just given the quality of both of these clubs, I mean, there's and they can use Cole twice, right? They'll be able to use him twice. I mean, I think I think we're going to see a little more creativity in this series from the Astros, maybe, probably. Everything is at their disposal right now. Like they could save, they, like if Verlander gives up two, why why let him give up seven? You know, they could maybe just bring in uh, um, Urquidy, and maybe he keeps it closer, and maybe they win even though Verlander pitched three innings and gave up three or something. You know what I mean? I don't think they do the same thing that they did in Seattle with with Verlander. So, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that security blanket of Verland uh, of of Garcia, Urquidy, and Javier, I think is is actually going to be really important. Because you're going to have these staggered Verlander Cole starts where you kind of, oh, Yankees Astros, Yankees Astros. So now you're now you're at two two, if you give them both, you give them both two, you know. So I think we're both expecting the series to end up back in Houston. So it's going at least six games. I think we both like the Astros a little more. So actually, this is where it could go really wrong. Either Cole wins it in six, or Verlander wins it in the seventh. That's the way it's lined up right now? That's what I would say. No, no. No, Verlander would pitch in the sixth. Yes. I'm going Astros in sixth. Verlander would pitch in the sixth, and Cole would pitch in the seventh, probably. But it could be Verlander-Cole in the sixth. I think it's going to go a full seven. I do think the Astros are going to win. Um, the, the gaps between these teams, as we keep saying, uh, very small. I do think rest actually helps at this point in the season. I'm not buying any sort of narratives about the teams that didn't play in the wild card round being rusty. These two teams didn't play in the wild card round and they made it through just fine. I did hear uh, from some listeners. I, I had mentioned that there is um, research uh, from the physical world about how 
three to five days off can affect your maximum running speed and your creatine phosphate system, which is how quickly your muscles twitch. Um, I did hear from some uh, listeners that they're facing AAA pitchers. Uh, and that's the kind of way to try and access that maximum running speed and that quick twitch. Um, and so yeah, I think the better teams are finding a way to, uh, without risking the health of their players, get to that uh, that game game feel and game speed. I think it makes all the sense in the world to try and make those days as productive as they can be while still getting everything kind of reset back to where you want it from a, a pitching perspective. In particular, how about an MVP prediction for the ALCS? You got one player that's going to rise up and do a lot of damage and, and take home that hardware. I, I think a pitcher could do it. Now that I'm looking at this, you know, Verlander and Cole getting two starts. You think if a if a if one of those two pitchers goes, you know, two and zero, I think that as long as there's no, you know, Jordan or or Judge like hitting a bunch of homers. That could be really compelling for the for the story. Yeah, and I think with the likelihood that those starts would be six-plus innings, you're talking about 12 innings with two wins, a boatload of strikeouts in a series where there could be some slugfests sprinkled in. Even with the quality of the pitching involved, these teams are good enough to hit just about anybody. Mm. So I think you're going to have a couple games that if you if you have elite pitching performances sprinkled into this series, those are going to be even more memorable given that we might see a lot of 5-4 type games, 6-5s. Those are very possible with these two teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other obvious answers are Judge or Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be the chalk for sure if you're looking at futures and, and things of that nature. I like the pitching call. You know, I think I'm going to go Alex Bregman as uh, the series MVP. I think a big part of the Astros right now that has me feeling a little bit more confident about them is that he looks like a completely different player now than he did for most of the first half of this season. And health is a big part of the reason why he had that wrist injury that he talked to you about, you know, going back to last season. And it seemed like for the first time in over a year, he actually has everything working at the plate the way that he did before that injury. Yeah, and you know he told me about that in, late in, uh, in in September in Oakland last year, and it was like he said it was like sort of almost a golf ball sized cyst that he took off his wrist, and then I saw him again in Oakland halfway through the series season, and he was telling me I finally found the swing again, um, and he said when my swing is going well, it goes down to the right, you know, down to the opposite field, and up to the left, up when I pull it. Um, and, uh, since he told me he found that swing, uh, his OPS, uh, went from like 780 to 880 or something. He had like, he, his OPS went up a hundred points. Uh, he hit, uh, he told me he was going to hit, uh, 20 homers and 20 doubles. He ended up hitting, uh, 20 doubles. It wasn't 20 homers, but, uh, you know, you know, they're players. They, they feel themselves sometimes. It still was like he had found something, and uh, he had a really great finish to the season. I think his swing is in good shape. So there you have it. Eno's got the Astros in six. I've got the Astros in seven. We're very heavy on the Astros, which means if you were to wager money on this, you might want to consider fading both of us because we're in agreement, and that could never, ever be a good thing. I picked the Astros in like most of the games in the World Series last year, so that's how that worked out. Yeah, see, there's your warning right there. (laughs) 
for entertainment purposes only. You can find Eno on Twitter at Eno Saris. You can find me at Derek Van Riper. The Athletic Baseball Show returns on Wednesday. You've always got the green light here. Green light.